Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Emil. And we welcome you to the last episode of the year. I didn't think of that. It is. Yes, it is the absolute last episode of the year. It is the last episode of the year. It is also the last episode of season three. In which we reviewed movies. In which we reviewed movies. You've been here the whole time. Yes, is I know. Is this a surprise? <laughs> it's, um, no. <laughs> So uh, we'll talk at the end of the episode about what we're doing next and what's mm. happening in 2019, provided, of course, that the world doesn't implode between now and then. It will not implode between now and then. Sometimes no after, promises. Perhaps. <laughs> so, but this week, uh-huh. uh, we will wish you a little belated Merry Christmas, a happy Kwanzaa, a happy solstice. And a happy new year. I keep forgetting the solstice one. We're in what Doug Benson refers to as the holiday taint. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> refer to it that way. <laughs> uh, as someone who used to work in a law office, that's actually exactly what I would refer to it as when I was there. Because nobody... You're making me come into the office on these days between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is in an office. Courts are closed. Nothing's happening. Please let me go home. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I want to be at home with whatever I just got for Christmas and the hot chocolate. That's exactly how I feel every day I go into work. Yeah, I'm that's an fair. I should be doing artist things. Artist things. Yes. Like podcasting? Podcasting and making growling noises into the mic that you will later cut out. Um, so it is Christmas Eve in our house. Mm-hmm. It is cold. It's very cold. We, we have, have lots the, of cookies. Yes, and we also have, right now, we're speaking across the table that's much longer than we usually We are. extended the leaves, and now he's very far I'm away very from far me. away. I can barely see you. And there's paint out, because we had a paint night situation. Now, you might want to explain to your listeners how odd it was that many of us don't paint, and you... Oh, well, I invited... invited I invited five ringers, right. <laughs> four of which showed up, I think. Is that what happened? Something mm-hmm. like that. So we had, I have been ordering buzz marketing, these um, boxes mm-hmm. called, from Let's Make Art that send you supplies and instructions for four watercolor painter, paintings a month. In December, they sent me two boxes. I got a dupe, duplicate. And so I was like, well, let's do a paint night. And I was like, we can invite people over and they can paint and we'll have cookies. And we made soups. And the people that I invited over included not one, not two, not three, but four professional artists. And me over here trying to get people to, to not look at my stuff. As they are being artists, um, one of those artists' husbands came, and he said, "Is it a requirement that you be good at art?" And I said, "I need you to not be good at art because there has to be a I, Yes, you need to uh, flatten out this curve a little bit. It's very steep. And again, we're, we're and we're, then he did so good. Professional artists; these are people who do yeah, this legitimately for a living. Professional <laughs> artists and, and illustrators. We, oh, I invited five, but one. That's right, Kenneth couldn't come. That's who, right. That's so yeah, there we go. So we were spared that humiliation. We had well. four artists, professional artists, one professional craftswoman, uh-huh. 
and then me and Stephanie and Lemuel, <laughs> and Steve. And, and, um, and Fran. Fran, Franny, 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 who actually did really well. Yeah. I liked her cat. Everybody did very well. You know, Nobody the, didn't do well. I, I made a very lovely dinosaur. Alan was over here painting an owl, because mm. fuck my dumb art box. <laughs> he did not put it quite that way. He <laughs> no, he polite. didn't. And of course, he's a professional. He'll right. draw his own thing. He doesn't need he a template in the right. mail. I need a template in the mail, please. Uh, and then I sent my cardinal painting... Off to one of my Secret Santa recipients. It's not a religious painting, it's a bird. Both. It's a religious It's religious bird. if you're a Stanford. Although that's not the cardinal that they're... Hey, hey everyone. You want to talk about the dumbest mascot that ever was? It's the cardinal at Stanford. Why? Because it is not the bird. It is not the color. It is not the tree. There's no cardinal tree anyways, but that's their... That's their mascot symbol. Is a tree. The symbol for yeah. Stanford is the tree, but their mascot is the cardinal. Big C. What is it? Uh, the adjective meaning the most important. That's their mascot. Their it's mascot an is adjective. An adjective. <laughs> yes. God, and they so mean, anybody who has God. a problem with the Santa Cruz banana slugs can eat a dick because Stanford has the most pretentious bullshit mascot that ever was. Cardinal. This uh, is the end of my TED Talk. I, no, I think of all the trouble that Prince got for changing his name to a symbol, and this is at least it wasn't a mascot. They assume that it's the bird. It's not the bird. It's not the color. It's the adjective. The worst mascot. I thought you were going to go back to the Washington Redskins. Well, I mean... That's just the that's the worst, as in it's bad and evil right. and wrong. This is the worst, as in it's the dumbest. Yeah, yeah. There are and different dumbest. meanings for the word worst. There's also a sausage meaning. Right. It's delicious. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever had it. Liverwurst is one of my favorite things. Does it taste like liver? Mm, ish. Oh, okay. But Maybe not as bloody. Like not as iron. Not as bloody. Like it doesn't taste like you bit your tongue. That's what it tastes like <laughs> when I eat liver. Yeah, like I bit my tongue. Too much it's iron. Not appetizing at it all. Tastes like blood. Speaking Enough of blood. vampire. Speaking of blood. Oh, hey guys, we talk about movies on this podcast. Right. We're going to talk about a Occasionally, movie. Occasionally, we're going to talk about a movie with where everyone has fun hey, names. Hey, like it's Zeus. Yes, Zeus. Zeus and Aishel and so Tuvia. let's start uh-huh. with. This is a bummer movie. Yes, it is. Especially to watch at Christmas. Although, upside, many Nazis die. So, cheers. Uh, We watched 2008's Defiance. Mm -hmm. We will likely pronounce things wrong. Really wrong. We we are sorry. Uh, At least I will do my best. We're going to do our best. We're going to pull from the movie. But, once again, it's a movie. So, they could have been saying things wrong. Probably not. We're aware that these are historical these are also, yes, Act, this is a based on a true story. So I'm, we're going to be reviewing the film. I don't know anything about the actual story. It's what um, happened in the movie. Because then we wind up discussing that far more than we wind up discussing the actual film. So we're, we'll, we'll discuss the film. Yes. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a pretty long movie. How long was it? Two hours and four minutes. Okay. 137 minutes. So it's still short of a Stanley Kubrick long movie. Oh, I'm sorry. An hour, or two hours and 20 minutes about, okay. not two hours and four minutes. So it's not short of a Stanley Kubrick movie, but go ahead. This mm. movie, we open with Jamie Bell, 
and he's sad, and he has a little person with him. And by a little person, I mean a child. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Jamie Bell and his brother. Now, this is... To Jamie Bell's the, character is... Oh, okay, yes. To we'll set start. the time. It's August of 1941. And I want you to pronounce that word. Eisenstassgruppen. Not even a little bit. Einsatzgruppen. Okay. <laughs> I missed you, so I don't pronounce German words. I took German for one whole quarter in okay. college, and then I got nervous of the Frau, and I left. I went to Spanish, and then I had to <laughs> learn the Bosotros form, <laughs> and then I had to take oral exams from a woman from Barcelona, and it was Barcelona. impossible for me to tell what was an S, what was a C, and what was a TH, and it's I had to guess a lot. beautiful language spoken by beautiful, sunburnt people. That's fine, but oral exams in that language suck balls. Right. Well, <sighs> it, at least it has the virtue of being pronounced fairly mm, close to what it's written, which is... Uh, Not with the THs in oh, Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying if I have to write Barcelona, and you're from Barcelona, and you say it that way, I don't know what letters to put down, because all of your S's and C's and THs sound the same. It's very difficult. The double L. I got a B, See, look, and then I got an English degree, because in... Cal Poly, they make you take a foreign language to get an English degree, but those foreign languages do not include, I don't know, Greek or Latin, so it's real weird. I would like to learn sacerdotal Latin. I have some books for you. Because I need to be more pretentious. Yeah, well. <laughs> and uh, grandiloquent. All right, back to the movie, back so, to the movie. 1941. 1941. The Nazi Einsatzgruppen task forces. It feels like we're watching Grimm are sweeping through Eastern Europe. We're in Belarus, uh-huh. and they're systematically murdering who? For 100 points, who are they murdering? They're murdering Jews. That's correct. Now, th- I, I don't... I need to, to understand this. Why the hell was it so important to get rid of Jews? Oh, that was the scapegoat. Uh, it's, is, mm. It was important to them to get rid of Jews like it's important for us to get rid of Mexicans. For no good reason. Oh, okay. There's no because the economy is bad. Mm-hmm. I need more power. The way I get more power is through fear. The way I breed that fear is by blaming all of your problems on those people over there. Right. So we have and to build a wall. So we have to either put them in ghettos, or gas their children, and or murder them, them outright. And... Yes. Okay. Now I get it. Thank you for explaining that to me. Yeah. So that was a simplistic thing, but. For no reason. Right. The Jews did not do anything. No, I didn't think they did. Yeah. I just wondered why was, was there like a... It was solely to hold on to power. Was there some sort of magic wheel where we're just going to decide there's one ethnic group Hitler didn't like Jews, it. and Hitler was in power and wanted mm. to keep more power. And so... But it was the same sort of reasons. It was the Jews were spoiling the economy. The Jews were. I mean, yes. Taking our jobs. They the Jews exactly. Were, it's okay. the they, whatever right. they you want to put on them, uh, are are taking from us right. the rightful owners of the nothing that is actual economy. I'm just saying. Yeah. So it's straight bullshit. Especially uh, here, but yeah. well. So we're in Belarus, mm-hmm. and we see, um, we start on Jamie Bell and um, 
who plays Asiel. Asiel? Asiel, I guess. Um, and Aaron, the, the littlest brother, played by uh, George McKay. And they are crying and going through the forest, and they run into Liev Schreiber. Zush? Who, who is Zush. Zush, who's fun to say. Who is their older brother. Mm-hmm. And he takes them, grabs them, and um, takes them to go to the farm where they were raised, and they find their parents and everyone else in the area just right. murdered, just bodies everywhere. Uh, and so they gather some stuff. Um, oh, is that where Anon was? Anon. Was he under the under? The, yes, he was. Uh, he was there. Iran. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, he was there underneath the uh, like he was hiding mm-hmm. in a cellar type situation, yeah. and um, it, it should be noted that the Chiron had said that local police were recruited by the Nazis and they were doing a lot of this killing. Um, and I had asked a question because when I read it, it was hard for me to understand whether the Nazis were killing the Jews and the local police or the Nazis and the local police were killing Jews. And right. that's the one. It was that, that it one. Was, yeah, the local police are, um, are helping uh, to, yeah. to round up all the local Just Jews. Just following as orders. Right. Because it's a law, and but, the Bible says follow the law. So they uh, are out into, they go out into the forest, mm-hmm. the Nalaboki, Nalaboki forest, mm-hmm. and um, out there they also run into Daniel Craig, who's coming back to the village to check on his family. That's their older brother, their oldest brother. So mm-hmm. we've got... Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, who's in his 40s? I don't know. But in this movie, my guess, he's probably supposed to be in his 30s. Liam Schreiber is probably supposed to be in his 20s. Jamie Bell is maybe just crossed into his 20s. He's Uh a high teen, Mm -hmm. low 20. And we've got Aron, who is probably 14, 13, Mm -hmm. 14. Um, so that's a, the the spread of these brothers. Well, we don't yes. know if there are others. Probably, uh-huh. um, when there's a spread that much, there were probably babies in between. It was probably just well. A so one thing, thing that we should point out is that Zush and Tuvia do not see eye to eye. No, well, and we even, they don't. And mm-hmm. we find out that uh, Tuvia has been gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. Has a wife in another in a village mm-hmm. who refused to leave with him because right. he wanted to come home. And Zush also has a wife and a baby. We right. said baby. Um, they, yeah, don't get along. I have a feeling that uh, Tuvia had to act as Zush's father. Mm-hmm. And Zush is done with all of that. <laughs> and there's, so... Yeah, there's a lot of feeling here in this film. Um, just sort of anger at the situation, anger at the establishment, anger at God. Yep. There's actually kind of a moving and sort of angry prayer near the end of the film that was very striking. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of 
bucking, Zush is always bucking against Tuga. Yeah. Well, because Tuvia also comes in and is like, well, I'm here, so I'm clearly in charge. Yes, and Zush is like, I'm a grown-ass man. At one man. point, so what's happening is that uh, they start So it's hurting. First of all, it's just them. Yes, and they start hurting refugees. But it starts. I right. mean, I, let me let me say it starts with just just mm-hmm. them, and Tuvia is on like a, a mission. Mm-hmm. He is sort of single minded in the goal to find the local police that killed his parents and kill mm-hmm. them, and he does that pretty quick off in the movie. Right. And at that point, they have a a band of like fifteen people, maybe mm-hmm. that they've gathered. Right. And into the, the forest, I, I and they're bring that up. building a, they're building like shelter and things. Yeah. But the reason why I wanted to bring up about bringing in the other the refugees from the local villages who've all been massacred is that one of them is his school teacher, and we get a clear idea from there that Zush, from that school teacher, that Zush has always been kind of wild, and yeah. violent, and so his he he's a hot temper. He, uh, I mean. Neither one of them was apparently a very good student. Too big keeps on going in about that. I never understood what you were saying uh, when the school teacher was talking. My guess to is, I bet they both had like dyslexia or something well, like mean, that. It like it's so funny it, to see these things now, and you're like, uh, oh, well, you probably weren't dumb. You right. could like Kazush is building like his mm. whole thing is carpentry and whatnot. Right. He's building the shelters that they're putting. They're putting yeah, up. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it's that or the fact that to a farmer. You know, school learning is kind of impractical. Right, and well, they t- they end up talking to mm. um, oh, what's the guy from? I always forget his name, but he's very good. Mm-hmm. He was in that um, private private doctor show on USA, with the name of which I cannot remember. But he's like a concierge doctor. Mm-hmm. But he's like, they're like, well, what did you do? And he's I like, uh, I was an intellectual, <laughs> and they're like. That's a job? Because they're like, what, have you never swung a hammer before? And he's like, uh, no. Right, because they're trying (laughs) to build shelters. They're trying to build some sort of, And he, like, can't hit Uh, a nail. Like, uh, Effectively, what Zush takes from him, um, from his old home, and I forget the name of the scripture that's in the doorway, um, which I'm sure you'll find in two seconds, but... He also takes a hacksaw and just puts it over his shoulder, a larger version He's like, of it. I'm going to need and this, this. Yeah, this is what I'm taking a hacksaw and I'm taking a hammer and this yeah. is what I'm doing. So this is the way that he, he deals with situations in his life. Uh, he's sort of always prepared to be on the go. Um, but meanwhile, mm-hmm. he's constantly being told about, like Tuvia is like mm-hmm. the de facto leader. Right. Tuvia has gone and avenged his parents, like murdered these people. Right. And that uh, scene actually was really compelling too because It was. He kills the, all of the men. Uh-huh. There's a father and two sons. And the whim, the woman that's left. The wife. Is it? I believe the mother of the two she kids. She seemed very young, but okay. You remember this is Europe in 1941. Yeah, but she had to have those babies. When I don't she was think 12 she or was years old. Maybe. Right. She seemed so very young, but she begs him, mm-hmm. begs him to kill her too, and he right. doesn't do it. And I'm like, and you probably should have. I mean, just just kill her because now she's gonna want to revenge on you. <laughs> like, don't let people just be around to revenge on you. But he did. He didn't. I think what it was was. He hated that he killed them. Well, he did. You could and kid like it. It destroyed him a little bit, and he was. And then he was like, "We won't take any more revenge." And Zeus is like, 
Fuck you. You got revenge. Um, Daniel Craig is a good actor. And so the expression on his face (laughs) when he's killing these people, he's just disgusted. Yeah, he's he's like, well, I'm here. And I have to kill them because if I don't now, I'm Mm -hmm. in their house. They're definitely going to kill me. Yeah, there was a feeling when he's in the house shooting, after he shoots the dad, who's, who is just making the well, lame Well, he shoots the kids excuses. first because well, yeah. they go to make a move. So there's a horrible thing. You got, you know, there's a father who got to see his two sons killed before he died, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm not sure who started the tradition that you, you don't see your children die, but... Why is it better for your it. kids to see you die? Well, because you, it, this is a chicken and egg conversation that I don't want to have right no, now. No, no, but the impression is you, you, it should be in bed. You should be in old age and see. Well, that's if, fine. That's, but if you're but, all going to be systematically murdered, what's right. the best order? Like, it's not good. There's anyway. also that feeling that he's wiped out a line there. There are yeah. no more of this. And yeah. so that, that's probably why this woman wants to die because all of it's gone now. Well, and she's not going to be able to survive on her own. Right. She had three police. Mm. That's how she was surviving. Right. Like, hey, y'all, Belarus Belarus in the winter is uh, terrible. (laughs) It's real well bad. (laughs) So, um, so they're they're there for like a year, right? Mm. Through one winter. And then we go kind of go into the next winter, at which point they sort of split. Because Zusha's really kind of... He, first of all, he finds out that his wife and child have been killed. Mm-hmm. Because they're taking in refugees from various places. And so people from the city that he was in mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. and tell him there were 2,000... Or there were 20,000 Jews and now there are 50. It's something like that. Yeah. Um, and, which is horrifying. You just think of these... Yeah. I mean... I mean, my, my guess is that all over Europe, there are mass graves that we don't know about. Oh, I'm sure. Enormous graves of people just dumped. Yep. Like uh, trash. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the fact that this film did not dwell on that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the title of the movie is true, Defiance. This is about people who want to find their self-worth that um, don't go into this passively. They right. wind up finding a way. Because this is Daniel Craig's pitch to people. He becomes a kind of a Moses. Yeah, he's going to mm-hmm. like sort of save them. But Zush, when he finds out about his family, is mm-hmm. like, we need to start fucking fighting back. Right. And Tuvi is like, it's not going to bring you anything. And that's mm-hmm. when Zush is like, you killed the people that killed our parents. You got your revenge. Right. Uh, we do find out eventually that Daniel Craig's wife is also... Is also gone. Among the casualties in the right. city that he she was in, or the village. I don't know how big these towns are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they split. There's a split. And Zush takes sort of the rabble-rousers of the group mm-hmm. with him to go fight with the partisans, which the Russian partisans are the... Not Nazi Nazis <laughs> that are sort of running things in Russia. Like, they're not members of the Nazi party necessarily. They're not German. They're Russians. No, I have to but say... But they are on the wrong they side. They need what... Well, Zeus no, gets... no, I'm sorry. That's not true. The partisans are anti-Semitic, uh-huh. but they are not on the German side. They're right. fighting against the Germans. Right. So it's sort of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The 
I think that it actually works in their favor. Zushu's learning guerrilla warfare, how to lay landmines, how to, because the thing right. is... But he early. has to kowtow right. to these Russians who do believe in the lesserness of the Jew. Mm-hmm. They just don't believe that Germans should well, be in Russia. Well, they also seem to be startled that Jews are fighting for themselves because there's that sort of, and we still have that, this notion of Jewish um, passivity, that they don't fight. Uh, they let God do it for them? Well, just put that's some lamb's the blood on the doorknob and hunker there's down? There's one of the characters in the film uh, at one point says that, actually, that it's going to be done for them, that they don't... You know, so yeah, and then it. later they the the warriors of the Jews mm-hmm. are like name checked because you had brought up the well, the Maccabees. Right, right. The Maccabees or Joshua and or, you know, the what was the thing Sakari. Sakari. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not sure that's the best example. Which I guess they're all assassins? <laughs> yes. For money? Uh no. They're political assassins. They're actually what we would term now as almost well terrorists, I think. Okay. But the thing is, they were very distinctive. They had very distinctive weapons, so that if one got left behind, you know who killed you. You know who killed Okay. So, um, so the thing is, I'm not sure They're that's... like Jewish ninjas. Right. I there we go. Because <laughs> ninjas were, I, they I were believe... They were not political. They were for hire. For hire, yes. But um, but there's a... Uh, the reason why I say that the Soviet training worked for them, or the, the training with the partisans, because there's an earlier raid in the film where they just botch it to all hell when they jump uh, like a motorcade. Yeah. And it was sort of like a... Well, they, they're they successful in the first round. Right. What they forget is they're on a road. It's a motorcade. And more people it's are more coming. Than one car. And so Oops. what they wind up ambushing is a motorcyclist and the car with the German prostitute or Russian prostitute who's going back with the officers. And so they're successful with those guys and don't realize there's a truck full of actual soldiers, soldiers right down the road. Coming up. And What's so, that light? Oh right. no! So the thing is, it's, they don't have the skill set yet to be able to fight like this. So, despite the fact that they're also on the bottom and they're getting physically beaten by the Russian soldiers, yeah, and there's mm-hmm. there's some mm-hmm. anti-Semitic language being thrown yeah. around. Although um, the the head of the 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 uh, the partisan seems to actually be really sympathetic. And he, he is sympathetic, but then when he sobers up. Because mm-hmm. he's drunk in the scene where he's like, oh, yeah, that's not allowed, and we're not going to let this stand, and you need to apologize, and this, that, and the other. But then later, when he's sobered up, he's like, no, 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 you all need to learn your fucking place, right. which is uh, down there. And this is Viktor Pachenko, which is like the most Russian, <laughs> stereotypical I Russian I think name. what you just said was a... was actually the name of a... Penchenko. Penchenko. And ice skater. <laughs> Um, yes, we're going to offend lots of people. And so Zush and his band of merry men are out trying mm-hmm. to kill some kill some Nazis. And Tuvia is residing over this camp, which is getting bigger and bigger, and they don't have the resources. It's getting spread very thin. There's rationing going mm-hmm. on. Um, people are mad. The people who are hunting want, right. want, think that, that they should have more food. And they're like, no, it's for everyone. So there's a little bit of socialists. Right. The ideology that Tuvia has is that everyone here is free. If you want to be a free Jew, unless a free you, person. Unless you want to have a baby. Well, In which case, 
They speci- mm. He specifically, as he's on a horse, says... A white horse, I might add. Was this he on a white horse? I didn't even know. Says, there subtle. will be no pregnancies here. Yeah. We cannot support an uh, infant. Mind you, people are married, including his own brother. Yeah, like, in married in the... in the. First in of all, the, some of them have forest wives. Yes, no, which, we should discuss that. He's a forest wife. Well, that's fine as long as his city wife doesn't find out. Yeah, exactly. As long as his village wife doesn't find out and doesn't show up, then I guess... Do you know you do you, but right. But uh, and so they kind of. But some of them legitimately get married because right, they have a rabbi, mm-hmm. um, and that including yes, Aziel, um, who's a tiny baby who marries another tiny tiny baby. Is that Mia Wachowski? Mia Wachowski, yes. who is lovely and moody, which is and um, Tuvia also uh-huh. ends up in a relationship. She has a really interesting and Zush bride also price, by the way. Ends up in a relationship. Save my parents. <laughs> yeah. Um and they so they all have, mm-hmm. you know, are are and, and as soon as that he says no pregnancies, I'm like, okay, so which one of these abroads is getting pregnant? Because there's definitely gonna be a mm-hmm. thing in the story, or you would not have said that so clearly. And directly. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, and the other thing is, not only are they all married and whatnot, it is winter, it is cold, they are definitely having sex just to not well, die. I think like, the, I mean, the companionship is one thing, because they lost their, all of their families. So yes. it's also a, a kind of a social grieving that's going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then... Also, the notion that there are no longer any rules because everyone's dead, you know, all the people who enforce the rules, the parents, the whatever, and that they're also rebelling against the culture. So it doesn't, it makes perfect sense to them that they would have, you know, partners. Right. Partner up. Right. Um, right. And they're like, if mm-hmm. we don't at least have these kind of relationships, even if we're not making babies, mm-hmm. then our culture is dying. Which like, is what the rabbi and the intellectual pass on to Tuvia is that there's a. There has to we have to preserve what are we doing this for if we right. can't preserve who we are? Yeah, um, there is a pregnancy revealed. Uh-huh. This is Jody May, by the way, from Last of the Mohicans. I hadn't. Oh, uh, I didn't. She, yeah. know that. Um, I've never seen Last of the Mohicans. Maybe we should do a deep dive on Daniel. Day oh, Lu- D- Daniel Day Lewis. Day Lewis yes. films because his movies are intense and he's an intense dude. It was. I had more fun when he was younger and he would just go do random, it's like, he's playing a gay laundromat owner. He's playing a, you know, half, no, well, half-breed. No, we should do a season on Daniel, two, Daniel Day-Lewis movies because right. his movies are bonkers. And then he goes from there to play the guy, you know, going from playing uh, the Irish poet who has to be carried in a wheelbarrow yeah. to then doing the part in The Last of the Mohicans where he gains 30 pounds of muscle. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's just, he was very strange He's for done a lot very of peculiar. really th- great things, too, mm-hmm. that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Last of yeah. Mohicans. I haven't seen My Left Foot. Yeah. I haven't seen Lincoln, and I haven't yeah. seen Phantom Thread. So... We could definitely do. He's the actor that. Um, Stay tuned for season six. That Johnny I don't Depp know. I'm just throwing out a number. Really wants to be. I Daniel think. Day, da, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Kim is a different person. Daniel Day Kim. Also, I'm a big fan of Daniel Day Kim. Daniel Day Kim is just chiseled. I think that's the best he way to describe. He is a very beautiful man, <laughs> and also. I like that he fucking walked out of fucking that show where he was like, hey, guess um, what? Deuces, motherfucker, right. pay me. <laughs> and 
and he, he's in a new thing now. I just saw him. He's in a trailer. I'm glad to hear that. I know that he and also the other, the Korean actress, I Grace, think. Was it Grace Park? I believe so, who's also going to be in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yes. And that was kind of the argument, was that they brought... I brought Battlestar Galactica peeps, and he brought lost peeps, and you need to pay us. Right. Scott Kahn does not need to make more money than me. Right. Because he didn't bring the Ocean's Eleven people. Like, that's not what happened. (laughs) Brought his dad's people with him. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, I don't think James Kahn has that many people. No offense. I'm a fan of James Kahn, but I'm not Not, feeling the need to watch everything Scott Kahn Oh, yeah, yeah, no. So, anyways, back to the back to this. Dana back Lee Lewis, season six. Stay tuned. Um, back to the woods. So, there, there's a pregnancy, mm. and uh, it's not. And I for sure thought it was going to be like Aziel's wife, mm. and it is not. It is um, an unpaired woman who was raped by Germans right. on her way here, and. Tuvia's lady? They're not married at this point, and I do not want to use the phrase forest wife, because that is so demeaning. Well, he really, really resists the notion of having a woman. All of his brothers have at this point, except maybe the little tiny one. I don't think the little Um, one does, yeah. But all of his brothers have otherwise, and some of them in happy relationships. Uh, Zeus was in a relationship with a woman whose name is Bella. Yeah. (laughs) And um, and she actually, the actress who did that, I thought they did a really good job with sort of making her almost faded, like she's almost a ghost. She was stunningly beautiful, though. Yes, but she is worn, and that's kind of what... Well, I mean, yeah. The quality, because I know that with... Um, Live outside in the Russian winter for a year. Go for it. <laughs> See how you feel. Uh, with, uh, uh, what was her name? Lika, who's uh, Alexa Lika. Davalos, who's uh, the woman that... Uh, uh, Tuvia is interested in. She's still kind of glamorized in a way. Oh, that's but, who I was talking about. Yeah, but uh, I thought uh, Azusha's love interest, uh, oh, okay. Bella, is just so faded. I so... barely remember her. Because she kind of, yeah, traded herself in a way that I was like, I don't love this. Well, that, that was the... Because she was mm. like, um, the women need guns. And he's like... What do the women need guns for? And she's like, protection. And he goes, they have men for protection. And mm-hmm. I was like, how about protection from men, fuckface? They seem to have and a, then she right. goes, I want protection. And I was like, don't do this. Well, I think there was a genuine relationship. <laughs> I think at so, At some too. point, she really begins to care for him because... Well, and they were flirting before right. that. like, But it just, the, that conversation... Which is me out a little the bit. The difference between the brothers, because Tuvia is all for arming women, mm-hmm. and he's giving them. He guns. does say they're gonna wa- they're gonna fight behind us. They're gonna be armed. Right. But also, I think he doesn't want them beholden mm-hmm. to right. the men that happen to be in this camp. Yeah, because I think that to be honest, because some of those dudes, specifically like the hunters and whatnot, uh-huh. feel entitled to whatever the fuck they want. Like if I bring a deer home. Give me pussy. And it's like, uh... <laughs> I wouldn't have put it like that, but yes. Yeah, I like, feel like they would have. They were some... Mm-hmm. They were some dicks. So there's like a little coup. Oh, so um, with the, when the pregnancy is revealed mm-hmm. uh, to Tuvia's woman, what is it? That's Laika? Mm-hmm. Is like, if we don't 
have babies, if we don't sort of repopulate, then what is any of this for? Right. And he softens to that. Um, and he, she's like, she didn't come here and then flagrantly just, you know, mm. uh, have sex to go ahead and flaunt your rules. She came here having been violated and this had already happened to her. Mm. And you're saying that all Jews, this is the only place in Bel- Belarus where all Jews are free. She's a Jew. That baby is a Jew. Right. Uh, she may have been like, I'd like to remind you of um, Exhibit 1, Jesus over here. Mm. Like, Are you really going to send this woman basically to die? Well, I don't she, think that Jesus would have been the example they would have brought, brought up. But No. Well, I don't know. That's a pregnant woman and a baby, and you're going to turn them away? Are you? You're not going to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, and and at the same time, a lot of people are like, maybe we should go to the ghettos because at least there's food there. <laughs> Pro tip, there is not food there. And also, please don't go to the ghettos. It's not good. Uh, there is a little uprising with the hunter, and he's like, because they want more rations because there's not enough food for for everyone and they decide the hunters get more for like double rations mm-hmm. and Tuvia's like that's not what I can said and he and he goes you're not in charge anymore at which point Tuvia pulls out a gun and shoots him and I'm just <laughs> like I mean well no the thing is he's, he's not relishing in the violence he is but he's like point, this is gonna get out of hand he doesn't have a choice he's suffering from typhus which has been that's right by he mice is sick yeah yeah, which tells you about the conditions. They're they're undernourished. They yeah. haven't eaten at times for days. It's the dead of winter, and this yeah. is a, the older ones among them are dying already. Um, and there's an infestation of lice, and the lice are bringing uh, typhus. Typhus. Yeah, as you said. And so it yeah, it's he physically is suffering from the typhus. He uh, winds up appealing to his brother um, among the partisans to come and help him. And uh, Zush sees a way of pleasing both the partisans by taking out an enemy radio. Yeah. And also getting badly needed medicine. Because yes, the partisans are not going to give up their medicine for this. Yeah, they say they need it all. They need it all. It's like we're not going to give it up for a bunch of Jews, no matter how loyally yeah. these Jews are fighting for us. So that also brings the two brothers back into contact and sort of ignites that relationship again. Uh, Zush is always criticizing Tuvia for trying to save people. Yeah, uh, that's a running. He's got a he's got a us first right survival mentality. And Z- uh, Tuvia is more of we're saving. And I think that was he's like I'm saving my people. And this is where I believe that that early scene actually becomes kind of funny. The scene with the school teacher. I never understood what he was saying. I never understood what he was saying. Actually, whatever the teacher taught him about preserving it the really culture, got in there. <laughs> it really, it really did get in there. Got into his bones. You did understand it. You just right. didn't understand it consciously. Right. You, you weren't aware of how much you were keeping in by this. Yeah. yeah. So and I thought that was sort of, uh, that was a, an interesting development where, oh no, he took it a lot more than you thought he did because he's preserving this. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so the, the two brothers, they are, you know, they are, they're joining forces again. Yeah. 
And and then and Zush eventually leaves the partisans. He has to because he's being of like disrespected to his face, right? And he can't. And when he demands to be acknowledged, deal with it anymore. They yeah. won't do it. the The commander, who's been sort of his friend at this point, is not going to do it. He's not going to stand up for him. He realizes that he's not going to get the respect that he needs here. And then what? And the then hell he deserves. He doesn't need it, but he deserves it. He deserves sure. it because he's been fighting. To fight the common enemy, but yeah. he's still going to be that person who one of his people gets beat up trying to drink water from the same well as the uh, Russians, and it's like no, then this this doesn't stand. So he joins his brother now. Uh, we have to say this leads to a really um, uh, anxiety-inducing climax to this. Yeah, film. the scene. So they see a, a plane overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuvia sees it, and he's like. They definitely saw us. Mm-hmm. So we have to go before they can come back. It's now, a spotter plane. You don't know if they're coming back mm-hmm. in 24 hours, right. in, in, in a week. Uh, in this case, they're coming back in approximately three minutes. Yeah. Uh, so he immediately sees the plane and he's like, we got to go. And everybody is resistant. People are mm-hmm. resistant. They're like, we're not, we don't, we can't. It's 1,200 people. Yeah. Like, we can't evacuate right now. And Tuvia is insistent. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, we have to go. And then uh, fire comes from the sky. And mm-hmm. they there's no debating. Now we have to fucking run. Uh, because apparently that spotter plane was literally yeah, a right mile ahead of, of yeah. these, bomb, these bomber, this bomber squadron. And there are ground troops coming as well. Uh, so... We see bombs falling on the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're running as best as they can. They mm-hmm. leave a ground force back because, like I said, there's a tank coming, and um, a seal stays back to lead to sort of slow the ground troops down, giving them some sort of head start mm-hmm. away from uh, the fire and. Uh, I've forgotten my words. Uh, well, just away from the, They're being yeah. strafed for one thing. Yes. They're being bombed. What's protecting them to the most part is the trees. Yes. And so it, it's like they're dropping bombs because they can't see well enough to machine gun the, the airplanes. Yeah. So they're drawing back. Atuvia stays back with uh, to guard the flank. And they're actually running to a marsh. <laughs> yeah. They run to a marsh and they're like, we can't get through. And he's like, well, th- there's no choice. Mm-hmm. We, if we stay right here, right. we're all going to die. And so if we go into the marsh, we might die. Last week's movie, no one's going to part the waters for Yeah, them. no, That's we got to go. We have to go ourselves. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, there winds up being heavy casualties because the rear flank gets guarded and some of the characters that you've come to know already just get killed. Killed. Mercilessly by the ground troops that are following in after the, mm-hmm. the bombing. They end up through the marsh and mm-hmm. they do lose, is it the rabbi? Yes, they lose. They lose several people. I didn't want to necessarily. It's say. it's right. it's one casualty when they mm. cross the marsh. They've already lost a lot of people, right. but the it marsh might crossing be a teacher, only leaves. Okay, it no, might no, be. I think it was the rabbi because the rabbi earlier in the film has a prayer. It's the older guy right. with the hat, and I don't know if he's a rabbi. He's a, he, he presents like a rabbi. rabbi because he says a prayer for evening prayers where he's like, "Please, dear God, stop finding us so special. This is the way that you treat your special children." Oh, right, children. yeah, right. Like, and look that way for a while. Right. We it's don't, like, we don't we want to be so this anymore because if this is the price of being chosen, choose someone else. 
Yeah, and so um, they get through the marsh, and what he's he does in that scene, passing right, he's passing, is that he winds up kind of finding his faith again by the fact that somebody is standing up for them. I think is that he tells Tuvia that he believes that God sent him. Oh, right. to take care of them. So it's like he does a full circle there. Yeah, too. And then he dies, and they're mm-hmm. sort of standing around him. Um, I think they start a prayer, but it's broken up because right. there are German troops with a tank coming right. at them. Um, uh, we should also mention that the younger brother who's... Um, oh, Asael has caught up with them. He's uh, the only one of the guys that they left. He and his wife. Yeah. No, but I'm Asael, sorry. One more camp member mm, named Sophia. Asael is... He winds up taking the leadership because Tuvia begins to crack. Yeah. I mean, he'd just been through the typhus. He's physically he's, not up Yeah, to he's it. sick. Yeah. And so his mind is in this sort of flight response, and he stops, and he comes to a full stop where he doesn't know what to do. And his younger brother, who's wind up inheriting this leadership mantle for the time being, just goes yeah. like, everyone do this, this, and that, and he winds up saving them, yeah. too. And then, so they're, they're mourning their one mm. death, and this, this tank and these ground support come, and it's like, well... Good run. We're definitely gonna die yeah. now because they're out in a field. They're not. There's mm-hmm. nothing. There's nowhere to go. But and then Zeus goes, "I'm saving you." <laughs> it's a real. Oh, I'm not gonna spoil Game of Thrones, but there's a Game of Thrones episode where something like this happens. He comes up and with his mm-hmm. soldiers, who's left of them, that they've basically uh, abandoned the right. Right. like they've. I mean. The part, Russian partisans are a militia anyway, right. so it's not like... We've abandoned him. We've gone AWOL. No, but also you want to bring up the f- uh, that Tubi is fighting like hell. Yeah, no, they're fighting, right, they're but... they're fighting, but they realize this is just... This is it. This is a tank. There's this a, is yes, not, there's a tank. Right? This is not a group of foot soldiers that we can overwhelm. This is But a guy they end up showing up with some explosives. Zush does, yeah. So Zush gets to do the, the famous tank mm-hmm. uh, ender which right. is to open the hatch of a tank and, and drop, drop some dynamite <laughs> or a grenade in there and close the hatch of the tank, and then this is our tank now, uh, if well, we want to clean no, it up. I, I don't think so. I think everything in there doesn't <laughs> but work But I'll anymore. take the giant gun off the right. top, because he do. definitely does the that. Uh, and then they end, so they end up winning that battle and mm. sort of being able to flee. And that's the sort of the end of the film. And then we get... Uh, Photographs of the actual... Yeah, the actual people, and, and, and a crawl to say what what happened. And sadly, sadly well, ha- happily, two of the three brothers make it to America. Three of the four brothers the make four. it oh, to I'm America. Sorry, we the little one does come as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the youngest of age, mm-hmm. Asio, ends up joining the actual military mm-hmm. and is killed. Right. Uh... Six months after this story ends, um, Tuvia and Zush both end up, and uh, Aaron. I believe Aaron died. Aaron Tuvia, Zush, and Aaron survived the war and emigrated to America. Then who was the? I was under the impression that he Aziel died. Okay. He's the middle one. He's right. Jamie Bell's character, the okay. one that picked up. He joined the military and was killed in action. All right. Then um, Tuvia came over, I think, first, and then Zush came over, and then Aaron came over, and they all kind of worked together um, in a trucking trucking company. Yeah, they a trucking they company. built a trucking company in New York, 
and they never sought like credit mm-hmm. for what they did. Right. Uh, but then they, the descendants of the people that they saved, sort of, were the ones that told the story. There's mm-hmm. a book that um, Edward Zwick got the rights to to mm-hmm. make this movie. Um, and they say that the descendants of the people that they saved now number in the tens of thousands, I which imagine, is yeah. from, what, 1,200 that were brought down to significantly fewer than that by the time they got through. Um, a- after they escaped that forest, um, they ended up living in the same forest in a different location for mm-hmm. two more years. They built a hospital, a nursery, which means they were having babies, right? right. A school, um, and they ended up with 1,200 uh, Jews at the end of the war. Um, and then, yeah, Asiel joined the Soviet army and was killed in action, and he never met the baby that he ended up fathering with his wife. Um, and then the other three survived and emigrated. Okay, I wasn't mistaken then. I was in the yeah. impression that the the, uh, the next youngest is the one who died. The next youngest is the one who died. That's Aziel. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm so, I've got. You thought the youngest was? I thought, Iran. Well, never mind. I mean, obviously, I lost the thread of who was. So Daniel Craig was Tuvia. Yeah. Liev Schreiber was Zush. Jamie Bell was Aziel. Mm-hmm. And then George McKay. Is a, ch- a child actor, I guess, that I don't know. That's Aaron. Okay. And he had gotten shot, I think. Mm. One of the two youngest were wounded in that last um, run. Yeah. But I, I, not enough at that point to die. And so of the three of them that or of the four of them that were with through the film, three of them uh, made it out. I will say... Mm-hmm. You you said earlier Daniel Craig is a good actor. That is not. I'm not going to dispute that. Mm-hmm. His accent work in this film is rough. Well, yeah. also they do a thing where sometimes they speak in Russian and sometimes they speak in English and mm-hmm. sometimes they speak in Russian and sometimes they speak in English and these people would never ever ever speak in English. Right. I mean, they would, of course, once they got to the United States, I'm mm. sure that they all learned English. I don't think that peop- that Jews in small town Be- uh, Belarus mm. in 1941 had a lot of English. Well, they probably didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that... And it, that just frustrates me. Like, well, why are, are we do? switching back and forth? What are you... Cause, cause, why are we switching uh, back and why forth? Why are we switching back and forth? I think <laughs> the idea is to show that there were separate cultural groups that were being spoken to. I think that was the general idea. Um, it is a weird artifice. And it yeah. takes you... <coughs> Excuse me. It is a weird artifice, and it winds up taking you out of the film sometimes. Yeah, I just... That's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that they're not speaking English. Right. But I also get that you've hired English-speaking act- actors. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have them all... Well, it's not going to be a Russian-language film with subtitles, mm-hmm. although I would be fine with it. We watch everything with subtitles right. anyways. I just... I, like It's a thing that movies do that just frustrates me. Well, I remember me. Mel Gibson, whose whole thing for doing Passion of the Christ in what was Latin and ancient Hebrew, apparently, or uh, He wanted Aramaic. to say that it was Aramaic, but um, I don't know that you could... 
Well, there's not really a way of... Construct Arabic at this point. But his whole idea was every time he'd seen a biblical film where people start speaking English with German or English accents, you know, which is... And that was... That's something that bothers me. That's also a weird thing. The weird English accent that you use for people who are French, for people... Or if it's old-timey, they all have British accents. Right. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter if it's even not even on this Uh planet. If it's... If there are hobbits, we have mm. British accents. Why? <laughs> well, there was, uh, and I remember when I'm watching. And and uh-huh. and if you're hiring British people, then I get it. Right. But if you're also hiring Tom Cruise in the middle of that weird movie that was also a thing, Valkyrie, right. which we could have watched because it also came out at the same time as this, um, where he's just like, nah, that's cool. Well, Y'all can speak with your accents. I'm good. <laughs> more recently, I think an example is uh, Les Miserables, where they instructed the actors uh, to fake a kind of um, English accent. Why wouldn't it be French? I don't know. And That what... movie is set in Paris. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very weird, but this is like period accent, apparently. Yeah. Um, I it's old-timey, so it but must yeah. be British. What? It is very funny, I It's remember. old-timey, so really, technically, it probably must be Italian. If well, I mean, if we're going to really do it, was it the Roman times? <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Jesus of Nazareth as a kid, which is a, a wonderful movie of the miniseries, when they invited, of course, all these English luminaries. So there are all these Jews with Scottish, British, and Italian accents. So I'm, like, I, I'm better with know. that than having them do <laughs> this one weird homogenous accent that's like nothing. Because right. that's why I was like, Daniel Craig would say some things and I'm like, what is this accent? It's not a Russian accent. It's not his own British mm-hmm. accent. What is now, this mind accent? You, I had just seen, the day before, uh, TCM ran a film called Villain, right? And this is a movie about a uh, an openly gay gangster in England in the 70s. And this called on the great Richard Burton to try to do a Cockney accent. This is something that he's, you know... So he has That's this, the other, I was like, there's another accent thing. I'll go ahead. He has the Cockney is what... Beautiful tip. rolling voice. You've heard Richard Burton before, I'm sure. And it's like his... Half of his persona is this amazing voice... And he's trying really hard to sound like an undereducated, angry cockney, and it just is not working. Counterpoint. <laughs> right. We just watched the new Mary Poppins movie. Right. <laughs> you guys, I love Lin Manuel Miranda. Which we might recommend later. I, I don't think. think I could state overstate how much I love Lin Manuel Miranda. No. His accent in this movie is wild. <laughs> And I think it's wild on purpose. Yes. Because he's there with Emily Blunt, who's a real honest to God British person. Mm-hmm. And she's not looking at him like, what is this voice you are doing? But it is it he is doing Dick Van Dyke from the original movie, maybe. Did not do Cockney accent particularly well. It's bananas. His accent mm. is but he is it is not mocking. Uh-huh. But it is clearly a bad accent Mm. that he sticks to the whole time. And Mm. it is the same bad accent. He's not veering Mm. all over the place where sometimes he sounds like one thing. It is like, it is a choice those filmmakers and he made all together. And I don't understand it. uh, But it was like, for the, at the beginning, I was uh, like, 
oh, he's really doing this for his fault. <laughs> By the end of it, I was fine with it, but I was right. like, he's, they're really going to let him sound like this? Like, the, it was very much like a Mark Wahlberg and the Happening oh, thing, God. but like not bad. <laughs> not bad, though. Uh-huh. Just like, oh, this is the, this is what we're doing? Well, I feel that a real Cockney accent, like a real Welsh accent maybe, is almost impenetrable. It's really mm-hmm. difficult. It's, I've yeah. read... Well, and then they've got the rhyming slang, right. which is an unfair, ridiculous thing. So, right. which, which uh, again, in the film villain, there was a good deal of that too. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, well you're just like actual actors doing. I it. understand the words uh-huh. that you're saying, but the order in which you're saying them make them unintelligible. And I, I don't mean to say to actual me. actors, and like Richard Burton, of course, is an actual actor. But what I meant is the performers who are doing it, who are really, who are familiar with it, who had an ear for it. When they were doing the Cockney dialect, really, it really, I have no idea what these it's, people are It's saying. wild. And I just seen, uh, I think I showed you a clip of it yesterday, uh, David Lean's uh, version of Oliver Twist, where again, like the voices that he called on the for the, the, those performers was, I had no idea what these people were talking about. Like, I read the book and I was having trouble following what they were saying to each other. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but Daniel Craig, God bless him, he tried. <laughs> I, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird thing because I was like, they could have gotten him a better coach. Right. But it's like they didn't know what they wanted him to sound like almost. Well, then you, you can't, you have to sort of make a version that can be understood. And this well, is a film fine. for a family, so it's a children's film. It's, it, it's not. It's rated R. No, no, no I'm talking about Mary Poppins. And oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were, okay. okay, so that's a children's film, so they had to watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's In fine. In this case, I don't... <laughs> I'm like, this is right, not no. a children's film. No, Daniel, no. Defiance <laughs> is not a Defiance children's film. Guys, Defiance is not. Unless, of course, these are children who had just seen Prince of Egypt and they're pretty hardcore, then, then you can say it's a children's film. But, um, but yeah, def- uh, he, Leo Shriver did a better job. I wish I liked Leo Shriver. I really like him. Things, things I, I wish I liked better. I very nice. Sun-Dried Tomatoes, David Cronenberg. I, I mean, there's some things that... Why like, don't you like Leo Shriver? What's your problem? I man? have the same problem that maybe, uh, like now, no, not now. Uh, he's a Bruce Dern and um, Hunger Games, the, the evil boss, whose name just escapes me. Donald Sutherland? Donald Sutherland. Is, and even Martin Sheen, all of their early career was spent playing such creeps. Oh, he, yeah, I can see that. I, you know, every okay. time I look at him now, I still picture that guy in Phantoms who's feeling up the, the corpse of the pretty girl oh, in Lefter's bedroom. And you're like, Glad oh, I God, haven't God, seen it. <laughs> I like Liam Schreiber. I've liked him in everything that he's mm-hmm. done. I, isn't he married to Naomi Watts? And I'm like, oh, you guys are going to have beautiful kids. Well, like, <laughs> well, Daniel Craig is married to Rachel Weiss. So, yeah, there's another one, like, beautiful kids. Right, but I, we like Daniel Craig? Yes, I, okay. I like Daniel Craig. <laughs> I liked him before. He and I love Jamie Bell. Bell, too. Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 the people in this movie were really, really mm-hmm. a bunch of people that I really liked. And also I was like, oh, like, how many of these people are actually Jewish? That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to know. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a live uh, on a live. 
limb on a limb, go mm-hmm. out and out on a limb and say Liev Schreiber is probably of Jewish descent? I think the, the joke that what's-his-name used to make... Um, and also it's Liev, not li- Leave. Not, not Leave. He's like, that's mean. <laughs> I think that... Um, a Michael Landon made the joke, everyone in Hollywood's a little Jewish. Well, <laughs> and I mean... It's, it's kind of true, because they are a lot of actors. He was, and he never never think to cast him as a Jewish uh, man. But Kirk Douglas and all the, a lot of other actors. And also, there was a lot of actors, surprisingly, who were Hispanic who never talked about it. Oh, right. No, of course. That yeah. was a, you know... Because you can pass. Right. So either you were very like Ricardo Montalban or something, or you were Hispanic. Rita Hayworth. <laughs> or Rita Hayworth or Linda Carter or these other people who could quote-unquote pass, and so you just, or, or Kel Welch, and you never talked Martin about Sheen. it. Right. Sheen? Martin really, Sheen. Dude? Well, you know what he went with? He was half, uh, he was Latino and he was Irish. Yeah. And so he said... He just leaned one way and Well, what he said other. is, who's the person that... All the Irish trust, and it was Bishop Fulton Sheen. So he went with Sheen. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that one of his kids went Estevez and the other right. one went Sheen. Like, I just think that's kind of fascinating. Um, so, okay. So, yeah, so that's this movie. It's it's very good. Uh-huh. I don't know that it's good holiday viewing, y'all. But it, it's really, there's... um. The portrayal of Jews in movies, in modern Jews, outside of biblical times when they're doing biblical things, um, because typically... We've, we've, we've been Jewish-heavy towards right. the end of this year. They they don't get portrayed this way. You know, Jews are portrayed generally as intellectuals or unfortunately watching... All and I like in this scenes. one, the intellectual was right. like side-eyed. Like, right, what does he do? But, but you can't make anything? Right. Because I think that was what was really... Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's what they needed, right? right? You need to be able to do things with your hands. Well, and at one point there's a, a clockmaker who's accepted into the camp because he can fix a rifle. He has a mechanical skill. And there's a nurse, and she's really important. But um, I like how this sort of harkens back to, and there is that scene that harkens back to Barack and to Joshua and to all the Samson and all these sort of Jewish warriors. That there's a whole different um, culture uh, of uh, of Judaism that doesn't get recognized because we tend to see them. I mean, uh, through a sort of a lens of Jewish intellectuals. And Jewish artists and, you know, things like that. Mm. We are seeing the Woody Allen side of Jews in films, mostly. We don't really see the other very much. Hey, guess what? Jewish people are all types of people. Yes, I know. Today I learned that Jewish people are people. (laughs) It's like all of those TLC shows that that taught us that little people can be anything. They can be farmers or chocolatiers or doctors or parents. Oh, my God. There there were so many of those shows where I was just like, yeah, they're like humans. They're like, they're people. (sighs) (laughs) I don't understand why people don't understand these basic things. All right. So with that, that mm-hmm. brings us to the end of our season three of right. watching movies from the last four decades. Yes. That was an interesting How did you feel about it? Thing. Because I know that the 70s was an uncharted area for you. It was a largely uncharted 
And the 70s were a hell of a lot harsher than the 80s. Yeah, there was, yeah, it was um, a lot more gritty than I thought it was Uh, going to be. Uh, No, I think it was good. And I think I've filled in a lot of gaps. Mm -hmm. Having not seen The Godfather until you're 38 is like a rough go. But I'm going, you saw like the big ones. You saw Deliverance, Taxi Mm -hmm. Driver, The Godfather, Mm -hmm. uh, Deer Hunter. You saw a lot of like... Mm -hmm. And it, I, I liked seeing them with you again, some of them, or uh, Midnight Cowboy. There's another one. Yeah. I, so it's interesting because uh, this show is, you know, sort of morphed, right? Uh, so we did, thematically, we mm-hmm. did the Twin Peaks. We started with Twin Peaks. And then the second season was just sort of like movies I should have already seen. Right. It was but you came late vague. To- um, yeah, but... It's mm. better to have some sort of coherence. So that's what I tried mm. to do with the second half of this year and this season. Um, was, well, okay, well, then let's look at mm-hmm. movies over over time. Uh, and then next we're going to go back to our roots with some TV. Right. Uh, so season four. Four. Sorry, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, season four is going to be our Battlestar Galactica season. Now, this we should specify. This is the new Battlestar Galactica. This is the quote reimagined universe. That is what I'm just pulling from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. y'all. And uh, this is the 2003, 2004 right. to 2008 uh, or so. It's four seasons. Mm-hmm. A miniseries starts it off. We will start with the miniseries. These are all available on Hulu and Amazon, so yeah. sweet. I don't have to search things out. Um, and we're going to start with the miniseries. Next week, we're going to start by doing an overview of uh, what we know, uh, why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be our intro show uh, to season four. Okay. And then we're going to do uh, an episode on the miniseries, maybe two episodes on the mm-hmm. miniseries, actually. It's... Three hours long, so yeah, that'd be a big, it. fat, long episode, <laughs> and that's going to come out right around PodCon, so it's probably better to do. We could probably watch it all and split it up. So we'll do a little. I'm going to do a little behind the scenes secret telling now. Mm-hmm. I think the way that we're going to do this is we're going to watch two episodes at a time, record two episodes at a time, and release them one episode at a time. Uh, And the reason for that will become clear uh, in a little bit, but we're hoping to up our podcast production. So I'm looking for mm, shortcuts. Yeah. A little bit of of shortcuts. But it means that we're going to get more of... Uh, more product, I think, out of it. Because oh, that's what, yes, yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're planning on watching the miniseries in season one and seeing mm-hmm. where we're at. Now, okay. we didn't lock ourselves into watching the full series. My sense is that we are going to want to watch the full series and we'll just do that and that mm-hmm. will be the entirety of season four. And it'll probably take us mm, through 2019. Mm-hmm. It's four seasons long. There's also like these web shows that they say you should watch and another movie. There's many articles. We'll right. discuss it yeah. next week on our... Because it's like people have formed a game plan as to how to get through it. How to show. get through it, which I don't want to say how to get through it. I think it's how to get through Twin Peaks, but mm-hmm. I think this is just so you don't spoil yourself and right. you see the whole whole stories that they're telling. I 
will say now, I know a big spoiler for Battlestar Galactica that I am not going to say. Um, but I do know kind of a giant spoiler for the show. Mm. It was spoiled for me a number of years ago. It meant nothing to me then. Mm-hmm. It will start meaning more to me, I'm sure, once we start watching the show. But I'm going to just be upfront that I'm not, I'm not going in with zero knowledge. Okay. We'll say that. Well, see, I'm not going in actually absolutely with zero because I um, I watched the original show. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And um, that was a favorite of mine. Let's see, this is something I, I, we, we brought up before. I think a lot of fans these days are kind of spoiled because there's so much product, right? And you can watch science fiction movies. You have a science fiction movie channel. Yeah. All the movies are good. Um, but back then, like in the 70s, the, one of the reasons why Star Wars hit the way it did is there was nothing. There was nothing. Dirt, it's like yeah. you waited two or three years for a new Harryhausen movie. You, you know, there was TV shows, but it was mm-hmm. always considered kid stuff. And once Star Wars uh, hit a huge audience and it went mainstream, then suddenly there was a lot of stuff. So Battlestar Galactica was this big, expensive television production. Right, in 1978. Right. I didn't watch it because I wasn't born. Right, but I remember the <laughs> night that it premiered, the counter, and this tells you how far it came. A lot of this we should talk about. No, no, I know, but okay. to, to tell you how far it had come in terms of uh, fandom, the night it premiered, the counter-programming on NBC was uh, King Kong. Dino De Laurentiis' King Kong would come to television and it had an hour of extra footage or something. Oh, wow. So that was like how heavy it hit once it did hit. That suddenly they realized there was a whole youth audience that people were ignoring that had their own movie stars. Um, yeah, and so people were willing to pay to see it. Yeah. In the mid-70s, you still had Kirk Douglas in his pushing 60s still doing action movies. So yeah, there was a, you know, it was a changing of a whole generation. But um, but yeah, I have fond memories of the first Battlestar Galactica. It probably does not age very well at all. I'm sure of that. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. We'll t- we'll do an opening mm-hmm. opening in next week. Um, also coming into 2019. Mm-hmm. Your new show. Yes, which we're still... We still don't have a title. We had titles. We don't have a title today. Today, no title. (laughs) (laughs) So that is going to be a different type of show Uh than this show. Um, It will be about a culture and religion. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to talk about movies or TV shows. (laughs) They might come in in a really weird sideways kind of way, but mostly it's... yeah. And so that's, we're hoping to we'll make a, at least bi-weekly, maybe up to weekly mm-hmm. show. And so if we can do two episodes at a time of this one, mm-hmm. we can focus more on right. the other one too. So, and, and I have something that I'm working on, but it's a big nebula right now. And I don't, mm. I have not There's actually, I gotten the lasso around it. One very concrete other podcast that we're going to work on, and at least two others that are... Yeah. Kind we're branching out. Yes, building an empire. <laughs> so, so we'll just be recording every night. Every every day. <laughs> every day. I'm recording. Oh, you can't record every night because I gotta edit too. So edit uh, in the daytime. Record at night. It's, I have a job, dude. <laughs> so do I. But so my job is gonna be podcasting. That's what. Um, so Battlestar Galactica is gonna mm-hmm. be our next thing, yes. and um, and then we will be talking more about our other things as they come to fruition. Uh, and. So, in the meantime, mm-hmm. for the end of the year, mm-hmm. 
Do you have any recommendations? For the whole year or just for the last week? No, just for right now. Um, I would like to recommend a movie uh, starring my favorite actor, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> and that's not my favorite actor. My favorite actor is Godzilla. Anyhow. He's so not an actor. He is an actor. and He's like being bow-fingered. He doesn't even know he's in the movie. Right? <laughs> oh, wait. What? That's <laughs> a reference that I barely get because I haven't it's actually really seen the movie. Especially if you've ever talked to people who worked in independent movies in Hollywood. That movie nails. And it also... How it got away with giving such a mean-spirited, although funny, criticism of Scientology, I don't know how that movie got away with it. It's very funny. Mm. It's an institution called, I believe, Mindfuck. That's what it's called. It's like they just went for it. I don't like any of that. But anyhow, um, I I really enjoyed the new Mary Poppins movie, and I didn't really enjoy the old one. We both went into this movie, (laughs) like, open-minded, but not what you'd call... Excited, yeah, I loved it so much. I was, I was not <laughs> expecting it because, as I said, I didn't really like the old one. I just thought it was really sort of silly, and everyone was sort of doing. I hadn't watched the bags. old one since I was single digits, maybe on television, because I'm pretty sure it's on every Christmas. Yeah, and so it was just unavoidable, and uh, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I don't have a deep love for I it. I don't have a great love for musicals in general. Um, I don't, in theory. But every time I right. watch one, I like it. So, but I don't seek musical. them out. It's not like I'm like, right. oh, can we watch White Christmas? Right. No, thank you. I don't want it. But, but this is an actual hardcore it, musical. It I has mean, all the hardcore, hardcore. When I say hardcore musical, an it is not phrase. okay. This is so. Let me explain <laughs> that. Okay. It is not like Saturday Night Fever, which is a movie where people go to a club and dance to songs. This is a musical where mysterious voices come out of nowhere. People suddenly burst into song. Oh, yeah. Something Diagetic. does not happen in real life. It's yeah, like, no. But, which I did once when I was like a teenager. I got a couple you know of friends happens? and ran down the it street. It happens in real life if you are friends with Lin-Manuel right. Miranda. I believe he lives his life in perpetual musical. I do believe this. It's probably not true. Let me have my beliefs, please. I, I, I will let you have yours. <laughs> um, but the uh, but yes, yeah, so it's not that in that you know the musical is that there's a musical number while people are doing action or there's a montage or something like no, that. No, everybody bursts into yeah, song. They all know the words. Song. Yes, they all know the words. Now, granted, the people who are singing are typically uh-huh. well. It's Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. She's a time lord, y'all. Um, that's the uh, that's the belief I ascribe to, and Lynn. Mm-hmm. It's not typically the kids they do until sing it, yeah. the kids get into the song and they're they're doing a reprise of the chorus mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, okay, well, you could know these lyrics now because they've definitely sung them four times already, yeah. so you could pick it up. And th- but what works about the film is that the musical numbers work, and the music works. There's nothing worse than a musical with just bad songs. Um, yeah, no, that's a rough go. I mean, yeah, I came out Also bad when a movie is about a musician or a poet, and uh, then you hear that person's work, and it's crap. Well, Like, it's one of the reasons I appreciated The mm-hmm. New Star is Born, because of the music in the movie was very good. Well, that's <laughs> our complaint about the first season of Netflix's Iron Fist. Here's the greatest martial artist in the world, yeah. and he fights Look like a white Look at his belt. terrible martial arts. <laughs> so that was like... What, what? No. Although, 
that's a little bit different though because if you don't know martial arts, mm-hmm. it looks fine. Well, it looks fine. Fine, but <laughs> people who don't know, uh-huh. any martial arts looks cool to somebody who doesn't know any yeah. martial arts. I and had, finds that kind of thing cool. I had I think a you can very funny argument online last night with some people who actually had to, like, I would say something in this thread that was critical of martial arts, and they were literally coming back with Wikipedia articles going, oh, look, what you said wasn't made up. And I'm going, no, <laughs> I've done this for a really long time. Anyhow, but getting back to um, uh, Mary Poppins, it was it really respected the first film. It did. Um, the uh, the titles are actually over Peter Ellenshaw's paintings, and Peter Ellenshaw mm-hmm. was a special effects artist and conceptual artist for the Disney Studios for years. So if you saw those things like the Black Hole or the Island at the Top of the World or the in Search of the Castaways, I've never even heard of anything you just said. These are beautiful films, and they were done with these, and they were really artificial. These big matte paints, everything was a huge painting, and these huge indoor sets. And, and he created that world for Disney. He was really one of their great technicians, and so mm-hmm. there's a great harkening back to him to use his. And there's a, hands. there's a screen that mm-hmm. say, right, the what you're seeing or what you saw at the beginning, right, or is from the great. Like it literally right. says something oh, no. the great artist. He, he was the guy who Disney had a look, and he's responsible for it. The mm-hmm. same way that uh, there's a, the artist who was responsible for the first three Star Wars. Is what Ralph McQuarrie was the guy who designed that whole universe and made it whole together. It's the, it's the alien Giger, right. or anything Tim Burton situation. Right. It's just like the guy who conceptualized and put it all together. But anyhow, so I, the music was really good. I really like Elizabeth, uh, like uh, excuse me, Elizabeth Emily Blunt's performance. Emily Blunt is wonderful. She's hysterical. The way that she's so great. She manages to do musical numbers. She manages to do. Um, uh, the, the acting performance, because there is a serious performance at the center of it. And she's also very funny. And it was great watching her and Meryl Streep do a musical number together. Yes, especially the, given the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter you going the first time. It wasn't so great for those two. But um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate it. So I'm glad I saw it. I'm completely taken aback. I did not expect to like it that Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Um, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, well, okay, this is on the list of things I want to see. And mm-hmm. once again... If Lynn Manuel Miranda is involved in it, I probably want to see it. I still haven't seen the uh, animated film he did with Disney. Moana? Moana. It's on Netflix. It's very good. Different than this. Uh, but he, um, yeah, no, everybody is very good in it. I liked the kids in it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Ben Wishaw. A yeah, lot. he was really good, although he, up until the end, he's just sort of a downer. <laughs> to be fair, mm-hmm. he's had a rough year. Yeah, and then uh, the, the villains of the film, and I love the... Uh... The villain of the film is capitalism, y'all. Right. It's a mean banker. <laughs> it's Colin Firth. He's really <laughs> wonderful, and there's no... We're not giving anything away by that, because again, this film... As soon is... as you see Colin Firth as the me- banker, you're like, oh... Well, That's he's the also, villain. there's an animated segment that takes place with actual mm-hmm. hand-drawn animation, and that harkens back to the original film, but it's so much fun to see it again. You know? I, yeah, I, I, the animated scene is quite beautiful. I really like that song, the cover uh-huh. of the book. The, the cover is not the book. Right. That's a very good song. I think that's probably my favorite song in the... Be careful, though. It might be kind of like rap. I was... 
I'm friends with people online. Uh, one of the people online runs a small town theater. Like he owns the movie theater in a small mm-hmm. town. And at the one hour mark, a uh, elderly couple left the film mm. <clears throat> because they don't like rap music. And I'm like, that wasn't rap music. <laughs> that was patter. Mm-hmm. Sondheim is ashamed of you. Right. You don't like brown people. The door is that way. <laughs> like, it's what it's the music man. I mean, it's not anything. Right. In this movie, though, looks like it was. I mean, it was directed by Rob Marshall, who mm-hmm. is a Tony Award-winning Broadway director right. and choreographer. It looks like they designed it so that uh, it, coming in August to Broadway, yeah. Mary Poppins returns the musical. Yeah. I mean, that's what it, it looks like. That Especially, like, the Lamplighter segment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is just a Broadway show that we're watching right. now. <laughs> it is. Uh, that's why I said uh, it's... a. Uh, a real musical. It's not in any sense kind of, um, there's nothing timid about it. It goes for it. it I, I'm a musical. This is my identity. I'm going to live out loud and proud being a musical. Yeah. No, it definitely is. And, but it, it also feels like, you know, Disney's turning all of their cartoons into live action things. Which I and don't now understand. they're going to turn their live action things into musicals on I, Broadway. I, I don't understand <laughs> the the whole trend because we saw a trailer for The Lion King. It looks amazing, I that, though. I just I've seen it and it was. You have seen it, and I've now you can see it see it with weird CGI animals. I don't. Know. I really didn't know what to expect from the live action and uh, uh, Lion King because I've seen clips from the Broadway show mm. and the way that they do it with the puppetry, which is spectacular right. looking. They're doing like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the good movie. I don't understand what the point of it is. We've seen that before. But I think... without the w- better drawings. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's what bugs me. It's like the creativity is gone. We're just going to do it with a different technology. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's got Beyonce in it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I, let's not. I'm not going to. I love the fact that we cannot friend. replace James Earl Jones with anyone but James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. Right? No. As do... long as he's alive, right. Mufasa will be played by no one else. Uh, Get on with yourself. But I do like that they got, and this is like a small, weird thing, uh-huh. but Simba was played by a white kid, uh-huh. and now he's played by a black kid. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Uh-huh. I'm like, let's, Donald Glover seems a better choice than JT, mm-hmm. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No offense, Jonathan. Well, Taylor he was Thomas. really popular at the time. He was extraordinarily yeah. popular. At the I, it's time. so yes, weird. I think know. Like, well, he was, and then he just vanished. But that happens. Right? Yeah, I feel like he's like a real estate agent not now or something. <laughs> I don't know if that's agents. true. Um, Google will just tell me Jonathan Taylor Thomas, twenty eighteen. Uh, he's a actor director now. Okay. Voice actor, director. Oh, no, he hasn't done anything in a while, since 2016. But he's been a vegetarian for much of his life. This Today I learned. Okay. <laughs> this I know. <laughs> so there was a very funny meme that I got the other day, and it was, if your crush had this haircut, and it was the Jonathan Taylor Thomas mm-hmm. and others... Part in the middle, yeah. floppy hair. You need an eye cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, you could just at me, meme. That's rude. <laughs> I was just like, yes, I'm an old. I get it. Shut up. Also, he never really was my favorite. I don't think I had a favorite on that show. Um, it's weird. I go back I sometimes. I think Al was my favorite. And yeah. <laughs> Who's the guy across the fence? Oh, Mr. Wilson. There we go. He had no face. I just love how that there was the random intellectual that we appeal to. He lives over the face and over the fence, and he has no face. Yeah, and I can't watch that without thinking of who Tim Allen is now. So, dun, 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 that's the dun, sad part. Dun, dun, dun. I, I just I uh, I can't go back and visit Bill Cosby. Yeah, and that I might I, c- I might could still watch the Santa Claus, but I don't think I can watch the Home Improvement because it's too close. Like it's based on his own mm-hmm. stuff, and so I'm like too close. It's like Roseanne. I don't want to watch your life because your life made you a trash person. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, there, there has to be, and that again starts the conversation with where do you draw the line? Well, and it depends on everybody's opinions. Yeah. Everybody has a different line. Um, I don't know. I think that's everything. I think it's everything for today, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a separate recommendation. So No, it's been pretty busy this week. We haven't really had much oh, time. Oh, yes, I will do a, I will oh, do a quick okay. recommendation. Uh, Netflix original movie. It, oh, they really yes. want you to watch it, so I'm sure you guys have seen it. Yes. Um, the Sandra Bullock movie Bird Box. We watched no, it. Just not Sandra Bullock. That's the thing. It's it it's a got crazy a cast of really great cast in it. It's it's like I, I mean, if you watch the trailer, it feels like um, a quiet place, but with sight, mm-hmm. and also. Um, uh, the happening, but not trees. <laughs> well, that's when I was, you got me to watch the trailer. I was watching it at work when I was supposed to be working, but and you had said it's like the crazy. It's like the crazy like because the, the first thing I saw was this sort of reaction with the film and trigger warning for all people who are sensitive to certain kinds of violence. Oh yeah, it's, it's violent. It's a really violent film. Uh, people are compelled to commit suicide, so it's very much like the happening in that respect. But the monster, so to speak, what's causing this to happen is so horrible. You never, I don't want to say if you ever see the creature, but seeing it is actually what compels you to suicide. Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting story. It's told well. Sandra Bullock is holding it down. I wish she hadn't done whatever she did to her mouth, but... Um, but John Malkovich and, and Sarah Paulson and B.D. Wong, it's like this amazing... Yep. Rebecca Pigeon, you know, is in the film for literally a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's... Amazing, the cast yeah. that they assembled for this. Yeah, film. they they assembled a very very good cast, and the and the kids that are in it are very good. Yeah. Um, it's it's and it's I like the way that it's told, mm-hmm. the narrative structure of it. Um, oh, and uh, oh, I've forgotten his name. Oh, the dude from Moonlight, Travante Rhodes, who's really good. Put him in everything. He is a good actor. You also he seem is to, super compelling to watch. You also seem to be insist that he should take his shirt off in whatever he's. I wouldn't mind. Because <laughs> like, look, but he all, doesn't all have the abs to. That he, has, that he took from other people. Well, at some <laughs> point, yeah, he's laying down, and the ab structure. I'm just like, that's not. I think I only have half those. What's he doing? <laughs> like, yeah, no, his abs are bonkers. He's a 
starting startlingly good looking <laughs> gentleman and but like super compelling to watch a super mm-hmm. good actor um also he seems i don't in this at least he mm-hmm. seems very sweet and i want to hug him real bad anyways he he has a great quality to him that makes him compelling and um also, he has kind eyes. I don't. That sounds so sound dumb, but he's super dumb. Really weird, but uh, Will Smith talked about why he was, as a black performer, such a big office, box office draw, and he said, "Because you're not scared of me." And Durante Rhodes doesn't have the quality where he's coming across as threatening to people. He really does a great job of being a protector. In this yeah, movie. he is so a that protector. That strength in this winds up yeah. being. Um, and Why like he's de- like his character is super decent in right. this, in in situations where decency right isn't See, necessarily the, mist, the thing. Another one where everything goes to shit yeah. and then people behave like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a little Rel Howry, little Rel, who it was really great in Get, Get Out, Out, is in this movie, and he also is a person where you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's really cool. I love his failed author with his. Uh, Theories he got off the internet to explain everything. Yeah, he was it really all funny. makes sense. You're like, oh. He's, he's yeah. a guy who watched too many of the ancient alien shows and just has an idea about what's going on. But um, but yeah, that was a, it was a really good movie. I'm glad that you brought that up because, it, it, yeah. Yeah. But no, it is I, violent, I it, it is scary. Uh, but it's a real, like, it's a, and I like that, I, I don't know that I'd want to see it on a big screen. No, I think it would be almost overwhelming. There's yeah. just too much. Because we saw, um, we saw... A Quiet Place. Uh, not just A Quiet Place. Oh, okay. A Quiet Place in a, a theater full of frightened people, basically, who were shouting at the screen. And what was funny about that film is it's so quiet that, you know, it's startling when you people start shouting. You can hear everything. Um, but with, uh, it reminded me of when we watched The Happening and we saw it in a theater. Mm. And there were certain scene that mov- scenes in that movie which were a little bit too much because you're watching it happen on this big scale. And yeah. so, yeah, this was just the right size. Yeah, it's a, it's a good at-home movie. So, yeah. well done, Netflix. You you did it. Uh, yeah, I recommend I thought I thought it was very good. So, I think that brings us to the end of the year. Yes, it does. We did it. We did it. Okay. One whole year. If you, well, more than that, but mm. every, all, well, all of this well, year. Well, this whole year, yeah. <laughs> um, if you have questions, concerns, comments... Uh, please feel free to reach out to us. We have a Facebook uh, fan page and a regular page. Reach out in the dark. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you could email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You could find us on Twitter at latecomerspod. Uh, if you're going to be at PodCon, you can find us there. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. Go to Seattle. It's a great city. I've I, only been once before. I hear there's an underground city. I want to see that. There is an underground city. You should tell me that now because we're making plans on what we're doing. There's an underground city. There's also like an alley full of gum. I don't want to see that. Um, I went to school in a place with an alley full of gum, so that is less import or less uh, interesting to me. And uh, I think that's everything. That's everything. We thank you very much for thank sticking you with us the whole year. this year. And if you have any ideas, don't spoil us for Battlestar. No, don't. But join us to watch it. It's um, like I said, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Uh, Amazon. So we'll be uh, opening next week with that, and then we're going to dive into the miniseries. So watch along with us, especially if you haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, now is the time of the season. For loving.
Wow. You went there. I did. All right. Thank you so much. We love you very much. Happy New Year. And remember, better, better late, late than, than never. never. <coughs> okay. I'm going to end with your cough. <laughs>